But when Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, there was a day when a plague of snakes came because of the sins of the people. They sinned, plague of snakes come, mm-hmm. that was their punishment. They're dying, they put the pole up, and anyone who looked would be saved from death. Once they looked at the snake, they're not going to die anymore. So you look at Jesus Christ and our spiritual death that's looming on us. We're all snake bitten, every single person. We look to Jesus Christ and we live. This is the Way to Go podcast, and we are about faith, family, and daily life. We're about taking God's word, breaking it down, making it practical to everyday living. Now, if you want to watch the show, you can actually go to Eagleville Bible Church. Just go to YouTube, type in Eagleville Bible Church. You will find it on the Way to Go playlist. But again, faith, family, and daily life. This is what we're all about. Welcome to the Way to Go podcast. I am Bill McMinn. Along with me is Eric Barfell, both pastors of Digable Bible Church. And we are continuing our march through the book of John. And really, when I think about the book of John, it's a book about belief. It's a book about Jesus Christ. And there's just amazing stories. John being one of the disciples of Christ, spent time with Jesus Christ, walked with Jesus Christ, saw the miracles, saw the feeding of the thousands, all these things that he witnessed there at the cross. Saw him after the resurrection, and he's writing this book, which is amazing. And he talks about this man named Nicodemus in chapter 3, and he's one of the Pharisees. Now, Pharisees, most of them didn't really like Jesus, but Nicodemus had some questions. And in verse 2 of John 3, he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi. And he comes at night because he doesn't want anyone else to see him. So he sneaks in at night when no one will know because he can't really let his buddies, his Pharisee. I thought that was an interesting detail that yeah. John adds. Yeah, he, he couldn't let his Pharisee buddies know he was coming. And he says, Rabbi, we know you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Now, to me, even that's an amazing statement because he said, we know, we, know, we plural know. Mm-hmm. So that would mean he and some of the other Pharisees had already acknowledged he must come from God. As much of a hard time, they accuse him of you know, yeah. doing works by the devil. At one point, there was a group of more than just Nicodemus right. who could see that Jesus Christ came we're from God. We're on to you. Right. We're on to you. We've been seeing what you've been up to, and we're on and to you. And what did they see? Uh, you know, so just uh, glancing back uh, in, in chapter 2 of John, that's Jesus' first miracle of changing the water into the wine. Mm-hmm. Were they present for that or or not? I'm not entirely sure. Um, also, before that was Jesus in the temple flipping over the tables. Right. Um, talking about my father's house. Um, what else was there? Well, it says signs. He said, like John says, it, there all the libraries in the world could not contain everything that Jesus Christ did. Like mm-hmm. they, he did so many miracles that you couldn't even write about it all. Now, if you go in the next chapter, then it'll say, well, this was his next or his second miracle in this town, but now he's in Judea. Gotcha. In the area that he's in right now, he's done a number of miracles. It doesn't list every one. It's just that Nicodemus says that he saw signs, Hmm. plural. He saw multiple things that Jesus did to the point where they could say, there's no way you could have come anywhere else except yeah. from God. God has to be It's not with just you. a fluke, too, if you're seeing it right. repeat Mul- itself Exactly, as well. multiple times. So then he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And that's one of the profound statements in the Bible right there. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So then the question is, what does that mean to be born again? Mm-hmm. And, th- and that's what Nicodemus's question here was as well. And he has this very literal, like, 
obviously doesn't know because he, he, he goes the physical literal route of how can someone enter their mother's womb and then be born again? Right. Like, how, how does that work? Right. And, I mean, I, I guess if you don't know, and that's the thing about being right. born again, it's like, wait, how, how do I get born again? How do I become right. born again? And he said, unless you're born of water and the spirit, I've seen a lot of, in verse five, I've seen a lot of people argue that, well, that means, you know, unless you're baptized and then born of the spirit, I've always thought of water, like when a baby's born, the water breaks and the baby comes out, like it's a physical, to me, that's always been your physical birth. And then it says you need a spiritual birth. I too. definitely would have thought of baptism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, a lot of people do. I, I don't think of that. I always think of your two things that you do is you, we get baptized after we've already been right. born of the spirit anyway. So right. I look at you're born physically, you're born spiritually. If you're born physically and born spiritually. So if you're born twice, mm-hmm. you only die once. Gotcha. If you're born once, you'll die twice. So I look at it from from that perspective, because if you're only born once and you're not born again, you're not born spiritually, you're going to die physically and spiritually. Mm. If you're born physically and you're born spiritually, you're only going to ever die physically. You'll never die spiritually. Interesting. So, right. So that that's kind of one oh, of the big nice. uh, dividing lines. Yeah. Born twice, die once. Hmm. Born once. Can't say I ever thought about that Die before. twice. Yep. Hey, that's why we do the podcast, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Things you haven't thought about before. But when I think about being born again, I, I think there's a lot of confusion because sometimes people, if you say born again, they think uh, what whatever the term holy roller means in your mind, <laughs> I guess, you know, rolling under the pews and jumping all over the place and howling and, and whatever else would come to it. And then uh, one person uh, came to me and they said, hey, somebody asked me if our church believed in being born again. And I told them, we don't we don't believe in that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Right. And there was such like a great person and loving and well-meaning. And I'm like, well, no, every church, I mean, every believer believes in being born again, because again, they just don't understand it. A person is born again when they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Opposed to being reincarnated or something. Right, exactly. Is that Born again is a to? spiritual birth. Right. And, and any believer that puts their faith in Jesus Christ, they come alive spiritually. And that's what it's mm-hmm. talking about. Just like you're alive physically when you're born, you take your first breath. There's a time spiritually speaking through Christ where you're going to take your first spiritual breath. And it says mm-hmm. in Titus 3, 5, that he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to be. And again, just like being born is a new life, there's something new when you're spiritually born. Mm. You must, he, and he said it, you must be born again. It's not an option. It's not like a nice little thing. Like, yeah, I'll get around to it. Like, maybe I'll go to the Grand Canyon. Maybe I won't. you got to be born again. Mm-hmm. That, that's a serious thing. You have to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I think about uh, 1 Corinthians the old is gone and the new has come. Right. The old has passed away. Right. And it is it is this rebirth of sorts as right. well, being born again. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, we you have to ask yourself as a Christian too, because it says those who are born of the Spirit, you know, the Spirit's moving them along and, and working in their lives. Do we experience any activity of the Holy Spirit? Now, he goes on and he talks about in the Wait, middle I have a question for you, if that's okay, no, about go the ahead. passage. Go ahead, fire away. Um, I was kind of confused in verse seven or eight talking about 
the wind blowing. It was kind right. of this analogy. What what exactly did that refer to? To me, when when the spirit is moving around, and the what you're talking about here is that the people are born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So, in other words, when you're born of the spirit, there's a part of you that is a spiritual person. And he says, "Do not marvel that I said you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wishes." And you hear a sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it is going. So think about it. It's just like the spirit inside of us. We don't see it. You don't see the wind. You don't ever. You never, ever, ever, ever see the wind. You see the effects of the wind. You see the trees blowing. So there's no physical marking. Right, right, exactly. So when a person is born again spiritually, you're not going to see that. I, see, okay. I don't see a spirit inside. Hey, I look in the mirror. Oh, there's the Holy Spirit. I see him. Just gotcha. wanted to check that one down again. And then, it, then he says that you do not know, just like the wind, you don't know where it is or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. In other words, I don't know if I would hang up on... The wind circulates around. And sometimes like we'll see clouds, and, and some of the clouds up are going one way, and some of the clouds are going another way. Mm-hmm. It's always a little bit alarming when you see it, actually. Sure. And you see the, the wind swirl around but you see it, the effects of the wind. And like that spirit is going to be stirring inside people, stirring inside you. You're going to experience that. Sometimes it's conviction, like, ah, I should have done that or shouldn't think that way, okay. or there's a prompting that I need to contact someone, I need to call someone. But there's a spirit a spirit moving inside you. You're going to see the impact of it. Gotcha. Okay. Right? That was definitely one thing I was like, and, and think about what? Jesus Christ, too, and what he's just done. He's doing a lot of sciences, showing mm-hmm. he's from God. The wind blowing through Jesus Christ, giving evidence that God is with him is the signs that he is doing. The wind, if you ask me, you know, what's the wind that's blowing through us? Well, I would say it's when you're loving people that are hard to love and... Mm-hmm. You're, you're coming to God, you're serious about him. Doing you what's care right about when you're people. the only one, yeah. when you don't want to do it, but you know it's right. right. Sure. Wind's blowing. Okay. You, know, gotcha. you might not see the spirit, but you know. So good question. I appreciate you asking that. Uh, one of my favorite parts of John 3 is, is when it says, and Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so that must, or as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. And, and I think about that where he goes on to say, too, you know, whoever believes in him will have eternal life. And this is a big part of John. Whoever believes is going to have eternal life. But when Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, there was a day when a plague of snakes came because of the sins of the people. They sinned. Plague of snakes come. Mm-hmm. That was their punishment. They're dying. So they he have a consequence. They put the pole up and then the snake on the pole. And anyone who looked would be saved from death. He says the son of man, right? Yeah, healed. So they're not going to, they were going to die. So Mm -hmm. they're going to die. Once they look to the snake, they're not going to die anymore. So you look at Jesus Christ and our spiritual death that's looming on us. We're all snake bitten, every single person. We look to Jesus Christ and we live. And that's what removes that death. And so I think it's profound, man. I think it's a profound story and a profound analogy. Yeah, yeah, a very interesting parallel, but also like a very real, very real parallel right. as, as well. It's super concrete. Just like, like turn and see, you know? Yeah, and it's not, there's nothing unclear about that. They sinned, there was a, there was a punishment, they mm-hmm. turned to God, he made a remedy. We sinned, there are consequences, Jesus is the remedy, we have to look to him, and then we'll be... Yeah, Save, we can probably assume uh, not everybody turned and looked at the snake either, right? right. Or oh, absolutely, they didn't. They reason. would have died if they didn't. So you have to look to Jesus Christ because, and this is God communicating himself, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life because God so loved the world. And there's nothing wrong with the church. Sometimes I'll hear, it seems like some people have a problem with the, you know, us communicating that message, God is love. Because I think they're afraid that if, if we think God is only love, like maybe we won't get it together mm-hmm. or we don't think there's anything that we can do to get ourselves in trouble because God is love. But God communicates himself this way. I think you're you're way better off when you're communicating to somebody and when he's communicating this to Nicodemus, God so loved the world. He And this is the sign that God so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And those are the two options. You're going to perish or you're going right. to have everlasting life. You're going to perish or you're going to have everlasting life. And it all comes down to belief. Do I really believe in Jesus Christ? And this love and this gift that that Jesus is, and he came for the whole world, for right. all people. Right. Uh, which is phenomenal to think about. People like me, people super different from me, people who I think deserve it and people who I think would should not deserve it. Right. But he died for the sins of all people. Right. And that that's always something to for me to keep in mind. Because uh, I'm like, I would never die for that guy. Right. And the things he's done and the choices they've made. But it says whoever. It's a good thing I'm not God. God. (laughs) But it's whoever believes. And Mm -hmm. that's all I say. It's kind of what you're making an emphasis on. It's whoever. Anybody can come to God and anybody who can believe. Because I love what Jesus Christ said. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And whoever believes in him is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the son of, uh, of the only son of God. So again, it's important to believe what he's telling Nicodemus is Nicodemus. You need to believe in me. You need to trust in me. Yeah. This is again, a message of the book of John. You've got to believe in Jesus Christ. It's all about believing in what he wants us to do. So I think to me, as I look at that, I, I realize, okay, this is all super Super profound. Jesus Christ did not condemn, come to condemn the world. My church, our church, does not exist to condemn people who mm-hmm. walk into the building. Mm-hmm. We are not here to condemn the world. What we're here to do is we're here to talk about God loves you. You can believe in Jesus Christ. You can have the spiritual rebirth. That's our message. Yeah. Right? It's not one of constant, I'm on you, I'm on your case, God's going to get you. Right. It's, right, you're already headed that way. You need to know God's love you, mm-hmm. loves you and you can make Absolutely. it. So I'm just going to go by what he says there. And then he talks about the light. And I he love said, that. Yeah. I, I love John 3.16. I mean, such a world-famous verse, such a, a standalone verse that so many people just know or have memorized. Right. Like, I was talking to Mark one day. I was like, I definitely have John 3.16 memorized. I have no idea what version because it was right. from when I was a kid, whether it's King James, New King James, I, it's probably like a hybrid between a few different right. versions. And I, I feel as if you have to read it in context with 16, 17, and 18 right. all together, and it, it ties it up so nicely. Right. I mean, it's three, John 3, 16, standalone verse on its own, but 17 but, and 18, you add that to it as well. Right. Oh, it's awesome. Right, because whoever believes is not condemned. And that again, that's a push, believe. And he goes on to say, this is the judgment. Light has come into the world, mm-hmm. and people love darkness rather than light because their works were evil. And everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. And so you look at Jesus Christ acknowledging that some of the stuff that going on around him was evil. And the reason, like, oh, yeah. even you think about Nicodemus trying to sneak in, doesn't want anyone to know. 
because these people don't want their deeds exposed. Jesus yeah. Christ exposed a lot of nonsense going on, a lot of ways right. that, hey, you guys are actually lying, you're dishonest, you're immoral, you got a bunch of trash in your hearts, you don't love people, and all these things. Well, they didn't want to be exposed. And the light exposes darkness. And a lot of times we shouldn't be surprised when people want to get away from us or stay away from us because our light is shining. Hmm. And sometimes people who don't want to change and they, they see us, they see our lives, they may be uncomfortable around it because, wow, that's going to make me stand up and acknowledge the fact yeah. like I need to make some changes. Some people don't want to make those changes. So it says, actually, the darkness hates the light. And I, I noticed uh, that you're bringing this up at the time. Uh, chapter three starts out where Nicodemus comes to Jesus in the night. Right. I mean, it's it's clearly st stated in that detail. Right. It was night. It wasn't like the cool of the day. Right. It was night. So we assume dark, right? Right. And then here he is at the end of this um, paragraph or this this teaching with Nicodemus talking about the light versus the darkness and the light will expose the darkness. Right. I was just like, that because is so Because he came well to the light. He came yeah, in the night. Yeah, right. He came absolutely. To the light. Yeah to jesus christ and when you think about light in a room if, if if it's dark outside and you walk into a room then it's going to be dark until you turn on the light mm -hmm. and that light man invades all darkness and drives it right out and i think about the light of jesus christ just absolutely driving out and obliterating darkness but there are going to be times where we should not get too upset that there are going to be people upset with us because we believe in Jesus Christ. We right. believe there's one way of salvation. We right. believe you ought to do the right thing. Mm -hmm. We believe you ought to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of things in there. Yeah, people might get upset about, and we have to understand, yeah, that's how it is, but you got to keep being a light, no matter what. Be a light. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think about my house. Like When we have our like front door open, we have the screen door, and our, our curtains opened up, and we have the lights on. We're doing stuff in the kitchen. I'm like... Bethany, I just feel like we're on display right now for the right. whole street to see. She's right. like, Eric, no, go out by the mailbox in the middle of the day. So I did. You can't see anything in the, inside the house, nothing. Right. But when it gets dark outside and the lights are on, the curtains open up, the door open, that's when we're on display. And I'm right. just like, oh, this like I feel so seen by everybody. But right. like when it's also light outside, no. Well, you like, do shut the curtains at night then, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but sometimes when it's like in the evening and it's starting to get dark and it's still hot, yeah, right. we'll have everything still opened up. And I'm like, everyone can I see know. Everyone inside. in the neighborhood sitting around <laughs> eating popcorn like, looking in at the Barbell family. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, one thing, then they go into another story in John 3 about how John's disciples, so many people are flocking to Jesus Christ to be baptized. And it actually wasn't him baptizing, as we'll say. But... Uh, so they were complaining about it, and John said, listen, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it's given to him from heaven. And John mm -hmm. just acknowledges, listen, the ministry I have, the, the popularity John had at one time, all the people flocking to John before Jesus yeah. Christ got there. And yeah, he, he had a big following, alone, too. And, oh, yeah, he did. He goes, that, that was all from heaven. He said, I've, I've said all along, I'm not the Christ. I've been sent before him. And then in verse 30, such a famous verse, he must increase, but I must decrease. And I've thought about that so many times. People, people in the world don't need to see more of me or you. Mm -hmm. They need to see more of Christ. Christ should be increasing. I should be decreasing. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a humility that is there in our lives. Yeah. Be humble, right? You know, it's just like anything I have is from God. I love the humility of John. Anything I have came from God. Any ministry I had came from God. God can give it to me. God can take it away from me. It's all belongs to Him. And it doesn't matter because I have to diminish myself 
so that more people see Christ. And really, Christ is the one that we yeah. need to point because I can't save anybody. Right. Like, pointing people to me is not going to save anybody. Right. You know, Christ is the one that can really change a person's life. And that's mm-hmm. got to be the ministry. When you think about the ministry of our church, that's got to be it. And then in uh, verse 33, whoever receives his testimony, because Christ is giving testimony all the time, God's going to, you know, he sets a seal to this, that God is true. And that's part of the the testimony of this book, too, is, you know, God is true, and what he says is true, and that Jesus Christ is bearing testimony. Then whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, and whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. And I remember a guy, when I was in college, I shared this verse with him because we were talking about the need of Jesus Christ. And I said, and my brother was talking to him, too, because he had worked for the guy, and we were trying to explain this. Listen, whoever believes in Jesus Christ is not condemned, but whoever doesn't believe is already condemned. The condemnation never left. You were from the time you're born all the way through. You got to escape that. Like one guy asked me one time, well, how do I get on the express train to hell? I said, you're asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. Question is not how do I get on the train. The question is how do I get off the yeah, train? You're already on the train. Because you're already on the train. So you don't sure. have to worry about getting on it. You're already on it. You know, it's getting off of the train. So anyway, he had a version of the Bible and it said, no, mine says the wrath of God might remain on him. And I, I'm telling you, I have looked this verse up in the original language. It doesn't, there's no maybe about it. Hmm. You, you're going to face God's wrath without Christ. That's why we need him so desperately. And my plea would be for you listening today, just what is your faith in Jesus Christ? Because this is what this book's all about. We must be born again. I mean, it's not optional. Like we have to be. Christ came to die for the sins of the whole world. Anyone who believes can have eternal life. Anyone who believes will not perish. All who believe in him will not be condemned. So I think that's a a powerful thing because in eternity, I want that eternal life. And I'm sure you do too. Just make sure your faith is in Jesus Christ. You guys all have a great and an awesome week.